Well, it is. It's good to see you guys. Um, man, I, I've had kind of a. I've had kind of a crazy morning. I don't know about you guys. It's like sometimes it's like the simplest of things don't go. This whole morning has been nothing like a normal Sunday morning for me. I kind of have, you know, when I'm when I'm getting ready to preach, I kind of have like a. I have a, a list of things I do in an order and a you know mindset and you know whatever. And this morning has just been blown out of the water, which is fine. Uh, it's just kind of crazy. And, and whenever that happens, I'm kind of like, okay, God, what's going on here? <laughs> like, there's something. There's always something to that, you know. And uh, I don't know. So I'm I'm, I'm interested to see uh, what He's going to do. And 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 the passage that I'm that I'm I'm teaching from today is just something that. It came up in conversation with somebody recently, and then out of out of that conversation, I got to thinking about the passage itself um, and how challenging it is. And uh, I, I just don't know; I just couldn't I couldn't shake it. It just kind of stuck with me, and I just kept going. Okay, maybe I'm supposed to teach that passage, and I haven't taught it in a long time. So uh, that's where we're headed today. We're going to kind of do some off weeks and stuff for a little bit anyway. Uh, before we get into that, a couple things uh, just to let you know about um, is that. Uh, uh, the local heroes event uh, that's happening in Ashland City is still on for today. Uh, they are going to be even even if it's pouring down rain, they're going to do that inside the fire hall, uh, right there behind the courthouse in Ashland City. So, uh, if you want to help out with that, be a part of that today. That'll be awesome. Uh, we're doing that from one to five. If you don't have a clue of what I'm talking about, uh, we've got uh, you know our our, our micro churches have kind of been adopting missions, if you will, like each one has been adopting a mission uh, to some degree, most of them, some of them. Uh, and, and so one of, our, one of our micros decided, hey, you know, what if, what if we were able just to do something to minister to first responders uh, in our, that live in our area, that serve in our area, whatever. And so uh, we're doing that today. Uh, they, they cooked barbecue all day yesterday, uh, and we're giving out barbecue and uh, whatnot for uh, first responders and their families. And so that's going on today from 1 o'clock to 5 o'clock this afternoon. So uh, if you want to be a part of that, be fantastic. Uh, just go to Cheatham, Cheatham Courthouse, behind the courthouse. Uh, there is uh, the old fire hall, and it's going to be inside that. It's going to be outside. It's supposed to have inflatables and all that. Some of that may not get to happen because of that. But uh, you know, really, honestly, just going down there and just hanging out and just and just saying thank you to people and saying, hey, we love you. Thank you for for what you do. We're here for you. We're you know, if you need us and you know some of that kind of stuff. That's that's what we're doing today. So we'd love to love to have you. Should be should have some fun in there too because uh, we like to have fun uh, and that's okay. Um, also, I, I just wanted to make mention because uh, I know we've got a lot of people that are wondering, and that's, that's okay to wonder about this, uh, what in the world is going on with our building. Uh, and so we're, we're just waiting. <laughs> we, we do a lot of that, it feels like. Uh, I, I will say this. We believe, we really believe that the wheels are turning, and we really believe that we will be breaking ground here very soon. Uh, I, I have dates in mind. I'm not going to give dates because the, as soon as I give you a date, it won't happen. Uh, and so, uh, but um, there was supposed to be a meeting uh, to give a final approval from the bank this past week. Uh, they did not get to meet over our thing in that meeting, and so that's been shoved to this coming week. Uh, and so I'm asking, if you will, this week, pray that the bank will go ahead and look at that 
and give the final approval because that is really all we are waiting on at this very moment. As soon as that happens, uh, some of the money that you have given is going to be going as a down payment uh, for the closing of the construction loan, and then we will break ground, and then it is on at that point, okay? Uh, and so just, I know a lot of people kind of like, well, you know, what's happening? Nothing's changed. You know, everything's still moving forward. Uh, you know, we've gotten stuff back from uh, the builder and some of that kind of stuff, and, you know, those kinds of things. But anyway, when, when all that does get ready to go down, we're trying to, like, time everything perfectly. There will probably be a special called uh, member meeting for anybody that's interested in coming and hearing uh, about probably a couple little changes within everything, uh, but just to kind of keep everybody on the up and up because we want to keep everybody on the up and up. But uh, I, I wanted to give you an update of how things are going, uh, and we're excited. Uh, it's, a, it's an exciting time, uh, a lot of stuff going on. Um, yeah, I'll probably talk about some of that uh, here in just a minute. So let's, let's go ahead and jump into this. you got a Bible, go ahead and get it out. If you don't have a Bible, uh, then our ushers have Bibles, and they can bring you one. Uh, don't make a pregnant woman walk the aisle for nothing, okay? Get, 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 get a Bible, all right? Get a, even if you don't need it, just, you know, uh, you know, just don't, don't make her do it for no reason at all. But yeah, uh, we're going to the book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel. Um, and uh, this is one of those passages that even if you didn't grow up in church, you probably heard about it. Uh, but if you did grow up in church, not only did you hear about it, but you probably had a felt board to put it on. Anybody have a felt board growing up in Sunday school? Come on. Talk to me, the Southern Baptists, right there. Did the Methodists have felt boards? Just curious. Did they have some felt boards? Okay. I figured they probably did. I just, just don't, just not as familiar with their methods. Um, so Methodist joke right there, yeah. Don't be afraid of the water. That's what I tell my Methodist friends. <laughs> easy, easy. We got people getting riled up. That's, that's the kind of stuff that pastors say to pastors. You know, I tell my Methodist pastor friends, don't be afraid of the water. Um, now, um, awesome stuff. Now, this, this passage is, uh, it's, it's the famous David and Goliath passage. In this passage, uh, and how... <laughs> The, the biggest struggle for me this morning is going to be, how am I going to teach this whole chapter? Because I, I, we don't have time for me to teach the whole chapter, but I want to try to encompass it. So uh, I'm going to talk about parts, and we're going to jump through parts and that kind of thing. And uh, you guys will get to try to keep up with me and appreciate you helping me do that. Uh, but this morning, this passage, just it, it just has been uh, kind of one of those passages, like I said a few minutes ago, that as it got brought up earlier in the week, I just kind of couldn't quit thinking about it. It was just kind of like, it just kind of kept coming back to me and sticking with me. And, and, and part of it is, you know, I, I was hanging out with a, with a pastor friend of mine, uh, Ray Ortland, many years ago uh, at a little conference thing uh, that we were doing. And uh, we, we were sitting there and we were talking about seeing Jesus in all of Scripture. And, and if you've been around 24 for several years, then you've heard us talk a lot about that. In fact, we, we did a series about it. Uh, we've done series about misconceptions of Scripture, but, but we've also done series like just straight up about like seeing Christ in all of Scripture. And we did like a, a walk through the Old Testament years ago. It's all, all online. You can go listen to it or whatever, uh, where uh, we talked about seeing Christ in all of Scripture. And if, if you look at Scripture as a whole, uh, the, the Old Testament is really kind of pointing forward to Jesus coming, okay? 
And then if you look at the New Testament, the New Testament is all kind of pointing at or pointing back to the fact that Jesus came and, and what that really means. You know, in the Old Testament, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're pointing to the coming of the Messiah. They, they, a lot of times, don't really know what that means. They don't really know what that entails and what that encompasses and what that's going to mean for everybody in the end. Uh, but, you know, we, as, you know, here in 2019, we get to have the whole of Scripture and get to see all of that played out in Scripture. And so, you know, really, if you look at Scripture, in all of Scripture, you can find Christ. Uh, you know, either the pointing to or the pointing back or, you know, whatever. And so, and so this, is, this is no different. And, and I don't know what it was. It was something about the way Ray talked about this passage to me that day. For some, we got, for some reason, we got to talking about this passage, and it just kind of like, it just mowed me over. I was just like, oh, man, that's so good. And so uh, this morning, uh, you know, and thanks to Ray a little bit too, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to talk through a little bit of this passage, talk through uh, the story of David and Goliath. So um, if you've got your Bible there uh, and you want to go to... Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, uh, you'll see uh, this passage. And in the very beginning of the passage, one of the things to kind of understand is that David is kind of a nobody. You know, David's, David's a son. You know, he's not a nobody, but he's a son uh, of a guy who has a whole bunch of sons. And, and David, is, David is very much the runt of the litter, if you want to go that way with it, okay? I know he's not a dog, and I'm not calling him a dog, but, uh, you know, he, he's very much kind of the runt of, of all of the sons. He's the smallest of the guys. And along with that is this whole like uh, demeanor of kind of how everybody looked at David. And so everybody else is actually at war or getting ready to be at war with the Philistines. Uh, and, and so in this moment, David's brothers are all suited up and ready for war and ready to fight. And David instead is running errands for his dad, and he's taking care of the sheep, you know, and all of the, you know all of this kind of stuff. And so, you know, in in the midst of all that, what's going on with this war is that there's this guy named Goliath who is a giant. You know, we got we got some tall dudes here at 24, uh, giant. Okay, not not tall dudes at 24. We're talking giant. You know, so makes these guys look bad, um, which. By the way, I had three of the guys from our church with me the other night to go see a friend of mine for a minute, and uh, and and all and all three. And I'll just go ahead and say it was Troy, Matt, Marcus, and Casey. And if you don't know Casey, he's, I think he's taller than Matt. But uh, anyway, they they we all go and get there to 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 see somebody, and they all get out of the car with me, and he's like, "Whoa, what's going? What's what's going?" It's like we're here for the shakedown, you know. But uh, yeah. And so, uh, but no, so, I mean, this guy, this guy is amazingly huge. And on top of that, he's wearing like a, a bronze helmet and chain mail. And I mean, just all this stuff. And I mean, just like, you know, tons and tons of weight, even to the stuff that he's wearing to be in battle. And basically he comes up to the line and he basically says, send one to fight me. And if one can beat me, we, we, he's putting it all on the line right here. We will be your servant. We will be your servants. And, and, and you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's insane when you think about it. But the truth is, is everybody was scared to death, this guy. 
Nobody would fight this guy. And so this kind of like drags out and goes on and, you know, this whole, you know, everybody's kind of scared of Goliath deal is happening. And in the midst of that, David's, you know, running around and he, I mean, he kind of knows what's going on, but he's not really fully aware of what's going on until he takes some things to some of his family and that kind of thing. And then he hears about this. He hears about this Goliath. He hears Goliath say, you know, every day for 40 days, there's that magic number that we see in scripture again. uh, Every day for 40 days, Goliath went to the front line and said, send me one. And if he can defeat me, if he can kill me, we will be, we will be your servants. And so David hears this little old, little old David, right? Little old David. And he hears the giant, which, by the way, Goliath was thought to have been nine foot, nine inches tall. Okay? He is hitting his head on some doorposts. And, yeah, we know. And, uh, and he, and, and, and David hears this, and, and David is stirred. But David is stirred in a way that nobody else had been stirred yet. David, David had been stirred in, in such a different way that it, was, it, it really kind of turned into a call of action for David. I, w- I want to read some of this with you. Let's, let's read. I'm, I'm, you know, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm like kind of like, which parts are we going to read? I'm just going to kind of go with it here. Uh, you know, so verse 24, let's just pick up right there. It says, All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. And when the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel and the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. Then here's David. It says, And David said to the men who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from, from Israel? For who is this circumcised Philistine? that should defy the armies of the living God. David is is using some strong words right here. David David is having a hard time understanding. And And I think right off the bat, this tells us a whole lot about who David is. And his and his trust and his faith in the Lord. In the way he says that statement, I want to read that again. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? He saw Goliath. He, 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 got, he got to size this guy up. He got to hear some of these people being afraid and seeing what's going on. And in the midst of them being afraid and what's going on, what's David do? David's like, um, what? I mean, what's the deal? This guy's coming against the armies of the living God? Who is this guy? Who does he think he is? Verse 27, and the people answered him in the same way, so shall it be uh, done to the man who kills him. So they're answering David's question about what happens What happens for the guy who defeats this Goliath? And of course you heard that little bit, you know, well the king is going to do this, he's going to you know, give him all kinds of riches, and he's going to give him his daughter too, you know? Some of you right now, like, man, I, I got a daughter I'd like to give away. I don't know if we could work something out. <laughs> I would, <laughs> well, we got some volunteers already. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. 
we'll gather for prayer at the end. <laughs> David in this moment is, he's curious. He's curious as to why people aren't stepping up. He's curious as to why people... It's not, it's not so much that David himself is, is seeing himself as some warrior. He's just curious why people are afraid of stepping up to somebody that would come against the Lord. You know, I, I think we find ourselves in those situations. You know, we, we find ourselves in moments where, you know, we have opportunities to step up on behalf of God, not that, not that honestly, just truth be known, not that God needs us to protect him, but there are moments in our lives where God does give us opportunity to step up to the plate, so to speak, and, and, and be those people who speak truth with love into the moment. Now, you see those people on Facebook who like to speak the truth, and, and, and they, just, they just want to be right, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and, and it's easy to fall into that. That's, that's not what we're interested in. We're interested in speaking truth and love that God, that God might use us and that he might be glorified and that people might experience who God is because they know us. David had a peace from the get-go about this. He, like, he just seriously didn't understand why, what's the big deal. Like this guy's... This guy's like coming again, you know, what's, and so it goes on. In fact, I'm going to skip down, and let's, let's start in verse 31. It says, when the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul. Saul was the king, okay? And he's the one that's saying, hey, you, you get my daughter and all these riches and stuff if somebody will defeat this guy. And he sent for him, and, and David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go and fight against, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth. For you are but a youth. And he has been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there's, when Sorry, and where'd we go? And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. So David's like, look, you know, king, you know, I appreciate what you're saying here. I'm, I'm, I'm used to battling with bears and lions, over my dad's sheep, because apparently he's really worried about his dad's sheep, okay? <laughs> so, verse 30, because I'm like, you know, you got that sheep, like, hey, check it, that's dinner for you tonight, I'm out, you know, I'm going to go hang out with the rest of the sheep and try to get them out of here. You know, verse 36, it goes on, it says, your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. I mean, are you hearing that again? Are you hearing what David is saying again? Where he's, he's coming back again to this whole like, you know, I mean, this guy's coming against the Lord. You see, David, you know, David's not, it's not so much about the confidence of David and his skill set as much as he's like, he's coming against 
He's coming against our God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. And, and I, I just, I mean, I just, this faith, you know, this faith is giant. This faith is bigger than a Goliath. You know, I, I think that's the thing that like, I just, I've just, I've thought about all week. It's just like, man, what it would be like for us to constantly have that kind of faith where we know if God is calling us to do something, we do it without fear and we just go. And if, and if anything, we're just having to talk the other people around us into seeing, hey, this is, this is God's mission, I'm on it, and I just kind of need you to get out of the way right now, you know? Saul, being the king, as kings are, you know, is very, you know, trying to be in charge and trying to handle the moment and all these things. But, you know, the truth is, is he's scared. All these people were scared. It goes on, verse 30. I'll go ahead and read this. It says, Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor, and he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand and he approached the Philistine. So David, because I'm guessing probably because he's a pretty small guy, couldn't even wear the king's armor that he gave to him. Said, hey, here, this will help protect you. This will help you go fight. David puts it all on. He's like, I, I can't even move. Bro, we, we got it. We can't do this. We got to do something different than that. He's like, let me go get some rocks out of the creek. And that's what he does. And he goes and he gets five stones out of the creek. And his slingshot. And in 1 Samuel 17, verse 41, it says this. And the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistines saw, uh, looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistines said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. And David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, and I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and all the assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for this battle is the Lord's, and he will give it into our hand. 
And I'm like, wow. <laughs> I mean, David was real confident with the king and all those other people. But now he's standing in front of the giant, okay? This guy who has spent his entire life killing people. And he has an entire country, an entire people group scared to death of him to step up to him. And David's like, no, no, son. You have messed with my God, and he's going to give you to me. Period. Again, this kind of faith. This is the kind of faith that, that, that's the kind of faith that leads people into doing crazy things for the kingdom of God. I don't know if God's ever called you to do something crazy for his kingdom. If you've ever felt him pulling on your heartstrings about something like, go talk to that person or go do this thing or quit that job and go do that or you know whatever. I'm just telling you, a couple of times in my life that has happened. One of those, of course, was when we felt called to plant a new church and all that stuff. And, and I can't tell you how many people told us we were crazy. I can't tell you how many people told us that we needed to go plant this thing in Nashville that didn't look like something that would work in Pleasant View and all this stuff. I mean, just over and over and over. And, and you know, you just, just, you just had a, in fact, I had, I had a friend of mine, he's a mentor of mine that years ago, he's super, I've talked about this guy before, his name is Dwayne Kennedy. And, and Dwayne looked at me one day after, a few, couple few years after we had planted the church and, and things were seemingly to not you know, just fall apart. By the way, like 80% of church plants don't make it. Uh, and so uh, in the midst of all that, he, and he's a business guy, big business guy, he used to be CEO for a big company that's well-known. And, uh, and in his retirement years, he helps people start businesses. And he had sat down with me in the beginning to kind of help me formulate some things that I was looking at and wanting some help with and clarity on. And, you know, again, a few years after we're into this, we're having dinner. We go back and visit with him, and we're having dinner. And he says to me over dinner, he says, I got a question for you. I said, what's that? He said, did you ever wonder what would happen if this thing didn't work out? And I said, I, just me being honest, I'm not trying to, because I'm, I'm an idiot. You guys know that. Um, I said, no, I, I, I really didn't. And he said, okay, next question. Is it because you knew that, you knew for sure that, the Lord was really going to do this, or was it just because you're just that young and dumb? And we and we had kind of, we've got the kind of relationship we you know he can ask me whatever I don't care, and and I just said I, I mean maybe it's a mixture of both, you know, I don't know, but I I got to tell you, man, when God calls us to something, and we know we know that He's calling us to it. And we know that it's for his kingdom. I'm not talking about like he's calling me today to, you know, go eat a bologna sandwich or something. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, like when he's moving in your life to do something for his kingdom and you know without a shadow of a doubt that he's the one moving you in it. Like in those moments, we should be able to tap into this kind of faith where we, I mean, we just, we're not worried. We're not worried about what the outcome is going to be. Verse 48, it goes on, it says, When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran. <laughs> He's like, I can't, I can't get to this fast enough. David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. 
Uh, really, I, I'd love to have seen like how far off David was when he was yelling this other at, at uh, Goliath, you know, that whole long thing we just read a minute ago. Like, you know, I mean, total movie stuff, right? David ran quickly to the battle line to meet the Philistine, and David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the ground. First stone, first shot on the ground. Big guy, out. And then in verse 50 it says, So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. There was no sword in the hand of David. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword. So he goes and he's taking Goliath's sword which I'm imagining is some huge sword, and I'm imagining little David who couldn't even wear the you know, suit of armor <laughs> that belonged to the king, that he's going to use this thing, but he does. It says, when he ran over to the Philistine, he took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. And the men of Israel and Judah rose with a shout and pursued the Philistines as far as Gath, and the gates of Ekron, so that the wounded Philistines fell on the way from Shimram as far as Gath and Ekron, and the people of Israel came back from chasing the Philistines, and they plundered their camp. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. We, we, love, we love stories like this because we, we love to win, right? I mean, like, you know, I won't, I won't even talk about football right now. You know, I know a lot of people are hurting. Yeah, a lot of people are hurting. And I got no dog in that game. I'm still watching baseball because there is still baseball on TV, by the way. Um, but, you know, there, there, there's these, these moments in life where we long to be a part of the winning team. And when it comes to, I mean, even our faith and the story of David and Goliath, we're thinking, man, this is awesome. And yes, you know, and, slain, and, and, you know, and I want to I be like David, right? I want to be like David. I want to I save people. I want to I follow God, all these kinds of things. And, and obviously, there's nothing wrong with wanting to follow God. But I think, I think that we have to recognize something about this when it comes to the gospel. And what's the gospel say to this passage? And here's what I think the gospel says to this passage. I think the gospel says to this passage, yes, David is, David is great and he's following the Lord and he's being obedient and God is using him to do amazing things. But at the end of the day, Jesus is the better David. Jesus is the one who would come and save all of God's people not just for a moment. It's awesome that David was able to save God's people for the moment, but that's exactly what it was. It was for the moment. It wasn't for the rest of time. It wasn't from their sin. It wasn't to bring them salvation. Only Jesus would come. Only the Messiah, only the Son of God would come and be the better David, the one that wouldn't just save them for a moment, but the one that would save them for the rest of their lives. Huh. 
Jesus became Goliath to defeat Goliath. Jesus became our sin to defeat sin. And and here's the truth, folks. We can walk with this kind of faith. I don't know what's going on in your life right now, but I'm going to guess it probably got something that, like, I don't know if there's something coming against you at this point in life or whatever, and you're just kind of like, I don't know if we're going to make it through this one or not, or, you know, whatever. And, And here's the truth. Our faith isn't in the things of this world. It can't be. They will fail us every time. Make it about money, guess what? It's going to go up and down. Market's probably going to do bad things again someday. You know, whatever. You know, make it about your homestead, your house, whatever. Well, guess what? Sometimes they burn down, you know? Then what? Well, yeah, you can rebuild if you've got good insurance, and I hope you do, and all that kind of stuff, and we don't like thinking about those things. But at the end of the day, we just have to see it is for what it is, and that's that our hope is not here. Our hope is not in now. Our hope is in something so much bigger than that. It is the kingdom of God. That is so hard for us. I know it's so hard for us. It's hard for me. It's hard for me. But the truth is, is that God has this unbelievable plan for our lives. And it includes us at times slaying giants. And sometimes it just includes us being patient and being silent, and waiting to hear what's the next thing. We see in this our need for Jesus. We see in David and Goliath our need for a Savior, because we we can't do it on our own. We're not going to go out and slay all the giants of the world on our own. We need Him to lead us. We need God to intervene in our lives, and He has. He has through His Son. And in because of that, we too can have giant faith. Faith that is not wavering in moments because things don't seem well and there's not enough in the bank account, all those things. We've all been there. Some of us are there right now. We are reminded that we are ambassadors for Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20 says this. It says, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Let me say that again. Be reconciled to God. Don't try to do this alone. We can't do this alone. God has made a way for us to not just know who He is, but to have a relationship with Him because of what He's done in sending Jesus on our behalf. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Don't try to do things without Him. Don't live, don't live this life without Him. I'm telling you. Been there, done that. Verse 21, For our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. That in Him we might become the righteousness of God. I stood down here last Sunday. We were getting ready to go out. And uh, we prayed together. We talked. I talked about the gospel and I talked about 
uh, just the opportunity that we had in front of us to hopefully share Christ with others that day and stuff. And, and uh, you know, I, I prayed that, he, that even maybe even people that were among us that didn't know Jesus might hear the gospel, might receive it, might be saved, you know, that it wasn't even just about the people that we would go minister to, but that there are people here. There are people here right now that have not trusted in Jesus, I can guarantee you. And uh, I just prayed for us as, as a whole, you know, just God use us today and speak to the hearts of those that don't know you and, and work in their life. And, and maybe you're here right now and maybe that maybe that's, needs to be for you today. I stood here last week getting ready to go to a project um, that, by the way, sidetrack, uh, getting to go to that project, just, I mean, just absolutely amazing. And I, all I did was drive people around in the car, and while they jumped out and took food door to door in one of the neighborhoods that we're looking at, you know, having a bus ministry in and that kind of thing, and trying to love on these folks and, and, and kids and all this kind of stuff. And man, there were, there were kids everywhere, kids everywhere, just hanging out, riding bikes and all this kind of stuff. And man, we, we had kids asking us if they could come to church that day. I sat in the car at one point in time and I watched all these kids fall out of this little place that needed work and I counted seven kids coming out of this place. And I just, I don't, I don't even know why I was counting them, but I was counting them. I was just kind of curious and, and, and our folks are, they're there giving them the food, you know, I'm, again, I'm just the wheel man, you know. And, um, and as, as they were giving out the food stuff, and I'm counting the kids, it just, it just dawned on me. Man, I, I got seven kids. You know, how, how blessed have, has my family been? And why, why shouldn't I care more about doing something to help others in situations like that? And those, those kids were so responsive, and that mom was so grateful. And, and you want to talk about God moving like... Daniel Newton comes walking straight up in the yard to that mom and just gives her a hug. Turns out he used to be her teacher a million years ago or something. <laughs> Not that you're that old, but whatever. <laughs> but I'm just like, he comes back to the car and he's telling me that. And I'm like, God thing. God's at work. God's moving. We can't ignore it. This is what's happening. And all of that and then I get to finish my day with this. What reminded me was I was explaining some of this that night to one of my girls who turned out to have made a bad choice last week at school, and her teacher had sent us an email about it. And it was Violet. And, you know, she's a little sinner, <laughs> as, as they all are, as I am. And, uh, and we've been praying for Violet. And this conversation, you know, and, I, and I'm, I'm, again, I prayed last Sunday morning, God save, you know. And that conversation went from being about making bad choices to what Jesus had done for us. And by the end of it, her praying that Jesus would be her Savior. We have so much work to do. 
And it's not just in those neighborhoods, but it's in our own homes. And it's for each other. And it's as a part of this body of believers. And, and I guess this is one of the things that God has just laid super heavy on my heart and why I had to preach this today, was I feel like God is saying to us today that we've got to have this giant faith in order to allow him to use us to do the crazy crap he's going to call us to do. And we know that. But we, we've got we've to be okay with it. And not just in whatever's going to happen 10 months from now, but right now. Like, how are we being faithful right now? And we'll, we'll talk about that next week. But um, if you're here today and you've never trusted in Christ to be your Savior, let me just say this. God loves you, and, and you might be a bonehead, biggest sinner of them all, whatever. You know what? I, I was too. I still am some days. But the grace of Jesus tracked me down, and God sought me out, and he sent his son to die for even me, the worst of sinners, that I might too get to be a part of the family, have a relationship with Jesus, and be saved from all sin by the blood of the cross. And this morning, I pray that if that's where you are, that you won't, you won't ignore it. Don't, listen, don't let me talk you into it. I'm saying this, if God is speaking to your heart right now, you listen to that, okay? You listen to that. May your faith also be giant. Let's pray. God, you are absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Lord, thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for us. Lord, in the next few moments, even as, as we recognize the sacrifice made through communion, God, I just pray, Lord, that we would be reminded of, of, of what that death really means and that it brings about something that is so unbelievable, a freedom in this life and not being shackled and chains to sin anymore, but Lord, getting to enjoy this life as you, as you create us to get to. God, use us for your glory. Work in our lives. Be glorified in us. God, again, I pray, save the lost. Save those who have not trusted in you. God, I pray that today that they would believe. God, I pray that they would see it's not about being good enough, but God, it is about you being good enough and us believing. God, today we believe in you and we believe in what you've done. And God, we pray that you would give us the faith that we need to carry out all the things that you call us to do. Lord, thank you that we can come and ask those things. And God, it is all because of what you've done through your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.